Talk Radio. People that run the state apparatus and the media apparatus are very, very dangerous. Anti-humans engaged in major social engineering. You know, the good news is their program's in trouble. People are waking up to them. The bad news is they're saying we need to kill non-state actors like Edward Snowden. And we need to also take out, we need to take out and get rid of, eliminates the word, empowered individuals who know the globalists are tyrants, who are conscious, who is empowered, people that know what's going on and who are instinctively threatened by it and won't go along with it. This shows we're in the fight. This shows the huge effect that we can have. This shows what we can do. This shows the power of humanity. But it also shows we're right there at the edge here. We're in the fight. We could win this. But folks have to admit how much danger we're in, that the global governance heads are saying the enemy is libertarians. That's what Edward Snowden is. The enemy is empowered individuals. The enemy is Thomas Jefferson. The enemy is George Washington. The enemy is 1776 worldwide. The enemy isn't communist China. The globalists run and work with a bunch of you know, fellow communists and killers and psychopaths and monopoly men. The enemy isn't North Korea. It's not Germany. It's not all the corrupt ruling elites. They can all get together and meet and decide you know, new criminal operations against humanity. Their enemy is the individual standing up and saying no, and the individual linking up with other individuals, and, and, and collectively, as individuals, saying, we recognize you're illegitimate criminals. We withdraw our consent. We withdraw our support. You're not going to build your technocracy. We're aware of it. We're going to dismantle it. You've declared war on us. We declare survival on you. We're not declaring war on you. We're declaring that we aren't slaves. We have inalienable rights. We run up the flag of liberty and we do not submit. We do not comply. We are awake. We are conscious. You people are declaring war on yourselves. You are mentally ill, power drunk, out of control, playing God with your technological elite, as Eisenhower said, and we are not going to put up with it anymore. You can see all the scripting and the TV, the movies, preparing the public where the militia releases a bioweapon, or the militia nukes a city working with al-Qaeda. Totally ridiculous. You know, saying the Tea Party works with al-Qaeda uh, in Pentagon training manuals where they invade North Carolina uh, that got leaked last year. And people say, well, that doesn't make sense. The Tea Party's Islamophobic. It doesn't matter. They will nuke a city, and they will uh, have some drugged-up militia guy with a drugged-up al-Qaeda guy, and they'll who've been electroshocked and don't even know who they are, to get up on TV and say, yeah, I did it. These guys have probably been, you know, six months in a torture dungeon. Then they'll later kill them, bring out body doubles. I mean, that's the kind of stuff they do in these operations. They will nuke a city. They will release a bioweapon. I'm telling you, they will do one of those two things, or they will nerve gas a football game. I'm telling you, something big. In fact, uh, I think to really bring us to our knees, I think they're going to nuke a city. I mean, I'm, I just cannot believe I'm on air talking about this. I cannot believe it's this real. I cannot believe I'm not even afraid of being killed. And I'm not saying I'm a hero here, folks. I'm just telling you, you better know nobody else gets it like we do. Nobody else will hardcore go up against the enemy. And I hope you realize as listeners, this shows we're in the game. The fact that so many people in the military are awake, the fact that so many media people behind the scenes are awake, the fact that more and more media people in the mainstream are leaking what they can, telling me off record, 
hey, I've been sent here by, you know, AP or Reuters to do a hit piece on you, but I'm not going to. I've been sent here by, hey, we all know what's going on. You know, the revolution's coming. It's all going to come down. They know behind the scenes they've lost the military. They're losing the media. They're losing conservatives. They're losing liberals. And they want us all in fight. They may stage a race war or something. I don't know. But I don't think that's enough for them. They are in a desperate situation. If you read his quotes on Infowars.com right now in this article, he says the new world order is done. Global governance is failing if they don't have a giant crisis like a new war or a terror attack. They're going to stage terror attacks. They're going to blame it on us. They're going to come after anybody that criticizes them. And folks, if you roll over to them, they win. And that's what all this is about, ladies and gentlemen, because they already taught Americans, black, white, Hispanic, doesn't matter not to have kids. We're all dying, 1.3% replacement rate. So the, the argument's true to support Social Security and all of it. You got to bring in 30 million illegals every 10 years. Because that many people are dying, basically. Boy, haven't they screwed things up by design. But they don't care because they run the train wreck. It's Thursday, January 18th, in the year of 2024, and you're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. I think it's time to blow this thing, get everybody in the stuff together. Okay, three, two, one, let's jam. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The American Journal. We are coming to you live from the InfoWars studio this Thursday morning. Glad you're all with us. We have a lot of news to discuss, some videos to show you, of course, more coming out from the World Economic Forum. Some good, some bad. I actually listened to the entirety of uh, Javier Malay's speech earlier today. The whole thing is really a lesson in economics and history and the power of freedom. But that glimmer of, of reality is just overwhelmed by the madness of the rest of them. So we'll get into some of those videos, including some from Bill Gates and Jamie Dimon. And even the Jamie, uh, Jamie Dimon one's a little bit uh, surprising. We'll cover what's going on in the Middle East as that ramps up some developments from uh, Trump and others. And, of course, we'll take your phone calls later in the show. Well, let's just get right into it. Here it is, your Daily Dispatch. All right, here it is, folks, your Daily Dispatch for Thursday, the 18th of January, 2024. From Infowars.com, Trump vows to never allow a central bank digital currency. Former President Donald Trump on Wednesday vowed to never allow the use of a central bank digital currency, CBDC, as it would, quote, give the government absolute control over your money. And this appears to be some positive influence from Vivek Ramaswamy, who posted on Twitter that he had a deep talk with Donald Trump about CBDCs and that Trump is absolutely against them. Quote, this would be a dangerous threat to freedom and I will stop it from coming to America. We're going to put in place strong protections to stop banks and regulators from trying to debank you for your political beliefs. That will never happen while I'm your president, Trump told a crowd in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, as first reported by the National Pulse. Trump's comments came hours after Representative Jim Jordan revealed that federal agencies have been flagging financial transactions using politically sensitive words such as MAGA and Trump in yet another egregious example of the establishment targeting political rivals. 
as we've reported for years, CBDCs touted by globalists such as the central uh, the bank of uh, central bank of France is quote the, uh, as the quote catalyst for improving cross border payments payments by enabling the buildup of a new international monetary system. They are in fact the ultimate tools of oppression. Even Fed governors know this way lies danger. And again, we've talked a lot about CBDCs ever since the concept was satanically implanted in the minds of the bankers, but they've worked tirelessly to implement uh, these things. Unfortunately, uh, when they make the argument for CBDCs, they can't help but admit why they really want them. As we've shown many times, the head of the uh, Bank of of International Settlements, I believe it was, saying, yeah, you know, we'll have control of the population at the transaction level if – we don't want them to buy something. They can't buy it. We will have veto power over their every purchase, and that is the point of it, of course. And this is seems to be, again, another positive outcome from the Vivek Ramaswamy campaign. It appears as though Trump like just didn't really know this was a thing apparently before Vivek told him. And it, I mean it represents a couple things. One, it represents that the lawsuits are being very effective against Donald Trump. You can just tell that the majority of his bandwidth, as it were, is taken up by simply defending himself. He just honestly probably doesn't have time to even look into what's going on in the rest of the world. He's too wrapped up in trying to defend himself against charges that could land him in prison for hundreds of years. So he's maybe missing out on some of the developments in the shadows. And so Vivek Ramaswamy it sounds like, I mean, it sounds like how the conversation went was Vivek Ramaswamy being like, if you heard of these CBDCs and Trump, like, uh, the what? There are bees? Where are bees? What? I've been to DC and it's, uh, <laughs> and it's Vivek Ramaswamy like, no, it's central bank digital currencies are going to control your money. And Trump's like, I'm not going to let that happen. I'm going to go give a speech saying I'm not going to let that happen. So again, it's like evidence, I think, that the lawsuits are working against Trump to keep him distracted. But that he also is still sort of the same old Trump where when he's told about something that he didn't know about before, he takes action to resolve it. Not not a lot of waffling, not a lot of, well, let's see both sides. Vivek tells him about CBDCs. He's like, that sounds awful. I'm going to oppose them. And that's that. So just another, you know, positive development in all of this. And, uh, you know, this really could be the, the tag team that saves America. It could have been DeSantis. Could have been old Ron if Ron DeSantis had just not been a whiny, deceitful, little power-hungry idiot. He would be where Vivek Ramaswamy is right now. He would be the obvious choice for Donald Trump's VP. He and Trump could have teamed up to uh, take on the globalists, but Ron decided he would rather go for the gold. He'd rather have it all, and now he's left with nothing. An object lesson. For how to handle your ambition. Look at those heels. Look at those heels he's got on. Poor, short, forgotten man. It's unfortunate, but the fortunate thing is that in the absence of Ron, we've got maybe somebody even better in Vivek Ramaswamy. Now sort of acting, at least the perception is, is uh, Trump's like right-hand man. It really is a, they're a power couple. (laughs) Kind of phrase. They're a power couple. Now they're a partnership that uh, works seemingly extremely well together. 
I'm I'm just very excited about seeing how these two dissident businessmen really shake up the political sphere in the next year. But moving on, of course, the World Economic Forum is meeting, and their primary concern in the world is free speech. That is the biggest threat. Not a disease, and I mean they're talking about all these things, right? They, their whole point is creating and then taking advantage of crises, and so the crises that they're always talking about remain: the migrant crisis, the food shortage crisis, the supply chain crisis, the crisis, the crisis, the crisis. But the number one threat, the number one concern they have, is that you might speak freely. Forget the migrants, forget the economy, forget the wars that are starting everywhere. Their primary focus is how do we shut those people up? (laughs) I mean, this is – how do you know you're the bad guy if your number one concern is other people talking about what you're doing? And, of course, they're not the only ones. European Commission president claims disinformation is the world's gravest threat of 2024, the story at Infowars.com. European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen declared that, quote, misinformation and disinformation represents greater threats to the world than war and economic downturns. Sort of a – that's an interesting – see, it's the free speech. It's the uninhibited discussion of these things that will actually prevent world war, that will actually help to undo economic downturn like they're sort of showing their hand here right it's like they if if given the choice where they have two buttons and one says prevent war stop economic collapse or censor the world they're hitting the censor the world button it's almost like they need to censor the world in order to get the war and economic downturn which isn't actually a threat to these people it is the thing they're planning to do And they're sort of revealing that a little bit by making these types of statements. Speaking of the World Economic Forum's annual confab confab in Davos, Switzerland on Tuesday, van der Leyen claimed disinformation was the biggest problem given 2024 is, quote, the biggest electoral year in history with numerous elections set to take place around the world. Quote, for the global business community, the top concern for the next two years is not conflict or climate, she said in her Davos speech. It is disinformation and misinformation followed closely by polarization within our societies. Oh, yes, polarization. We must all be unified. We must all think the same thing, believe the same thing, adhere to the same rules. Also, we have to be flooded by 10 million migrants of a completely different background, culture, and state of mind. So we the big threats are polarity and the things that are attempting to stop the increase of polarity, if that makes any sense. Meanwhile, the actual big threat to humanity itself, World War III, continues to stumble on. Iran, at least nine killed in Pakistan's tit-for-tat strikes. Pakistan launched airstrikes into Iran, killing nine after an earlier attack by Tehran. Pakistan's Air Force launched retaliatory airstrikes Thursday in Iran, allegedly targeting militant hideouts, an attack that killed at least nine people and further raised tensions between neighboring nations. Pakistan's uh, yeah, Air Force bombed Iran Thursday. The attack followed one by Iran inside Pakistan on Tuesday. Both appeared to tar- uh, target Baluch militant groups with se- similar separatist goals 
on either side of the Iran-Pakistan border. The countries accuse each other of providing safe haven to the groups in their respective territory. There's a meme that was going around where it was like in World War One. It's like a, uh, a Serb shot an Austrian in Bosnia. So now me as an Englishman has to go kill Germans in France. It's like, what? <laughs> what is going on? Sort of a similar thing, right? Some Palestinians killed, Isra- killed Israelis. So now Pakistan is bombing Iran. And I just want it all to make sense. It is worth reminding everybody that Pakistan is in fact a nuclear power. So there's that. So that's a thing. And we're also going to get into what exactly this group is, who these these militants are, some of the history of them, and how they were, at least in their nascent stages, uh, false flag proxy armies for Mossad. So we've got some mainstream media sources on that all the way back in 1992 uh, reporting on uh, the creation of these groups that are now subject of airstrikes by two different nations. Meanwhile, Ukraine on the brink of a coup as Zelensky leads country to ruin. This story by Ben Warren at InfoWars. Telezenko laments the state of his home country and explains how the situation there differs from what people in the are sending very strong signals that war with Russia is happening very shortly. And they seem to be eager for this. And uh, NATO is sending these signals. America obviously wants this quite badly. All of NATO to be embroiled in this massive conflict. After all, Sweden just joined NATO or is still in the process of joining NATO as they tell their population war with Russia is coming. And that's what they want. That's the desire. Ukraine is just sort of the, the, the testing ground, like dipping a toe in water before cannonballing in. There's no reason to it. There's no purpose to it. The the overall purpose is that Vladimir Putin is a nationalist who opposes the globalist system in a powerful way, and so they want to get rid of him. That's There's that, and that's what it is. That's what it's all about. Putin, Ukraine, bungled counteroffensive, faces loss of statehood if it continues along this path. That's from uh, Infowars.com. Is that published? Uh, is that the 10th? 16th. Okay. Yeah. I, I missed that story. If you could print that one out for me. So we'll, we will talk about uh, Ukraine a little bit more. And again, try to try to figure out what the globalists have in store in terms of massive widespread global conflict that serves their purposes. Finally, we have this, a plainclothes police officer discovered the DNC pipe bomb. This a major story. Seems like the FBI sort of forgot about this whole part of January 6th, which was, I remind you, the reason that the Capitol started to be evacuated in the first place. The Capitol was not, in fact, evacuated because protesters had breached the front lines. It was evacuated because a pipe bomb had been discovered. It's very interesting details about this pipe bomb that uh, Jack Posobiec has been presenting. Jack Posobiec has been killing it recently. He's also going to war with Sebastian Gorka, which is very fun to see. And we'll go over that a little bit later. 
But here's the story from the post-millennial. The individual who spotted the pipe bomb placed at the National uh, Democratic National Committee headquarters in Washington, D.C. and discovered on January 6, 2021 was a plainclothes Capitol Police officer, a new report has revealed. Numerous congressional staffers who are familiar with the probe told Blaze Media that after months of the FBI stonewalling in- inquiries of various congressional committees, they now know that the person uh, who that person is after they were previously only identified as a, quote, passerby. A recently unknown person was seen casually walking up to a D.C. Metropolitan Police vehicle parked in the DNC parking ramp driveway near South Capitol Street at 1.05 p.m. on January 6th to reportedly tell other law enforcement that he had found what seemed to be a pipe bomb. He is seen sporting dark clothes and a backpack and leaked footage, initially con- conversating with a officer in the driver's side of the patrol car. He then casually strolls around to the car's passenger side window where he talks a bit more the plainclothes officer then slowly walks to a black secret service suv in order to speak with the vehicle's occupants the suv was notably stopped only about 15 to 20 feet away from where the alleged bomb was placed another discovery is that this exact vehicle was part of a motorcade that took vice president-elect kamala harris to the dnc building only about 90 minutes earlier this revelation was not unveiled for a full year and uh jack Posobiec is uh, like trolling the fbi saying uh, where's that where's that reward money you offered half a million dollars for reward money and figuring out you know who planted the bomb uh, maybe uh i can get in on some of that action and another very interesting thing and we'll we'll go ahead and uh cover this now as we'll uh, we'll look into it uh, before i get into the the real big uh, eyebrow raising aspect of this pipe bomb case if you've been on twitter you might have seen it before I get into that, I do want to remind you to go to InfoWarsStore.com. That is the only way that we get funding. And, of course, InfoWars is here for humanity, leading the fight, leading the charge against the globalist, against the global government, and against the deep state actors within our own government whose entire purpose seems to be undermining our national sovereignty at every pass. Go to InfoWarsStore.com to support us in this mission to defeat these satanic weirdos in their drive for total control go to infowarsstore.com you get 40 percent off dna force plus 40 percent off real red pill plus buy them together as the supercharged special combo and you get 50 percent off these incredible products and i've i've said it before dna force plus especially is sort of one of our pricier uh offerings at infowars store but there's a very good reason for it and it is well worth it at full price yet you're getting it at 50 percent off which means you're getting a massive massive savings on dna force plus when you buy it in combination with real red pill plus or alone at 40 percent off when was the last time you got 40 percent off anything folks well you can get 40 percent off dna force plus or winter sun plus you get 30 percent off the next level foundational energy and 40 percent off turbo force plus which again one of our most popular and best loved products so massive discounts at infowarsstore.com get the products that you need at a price you can afford at infowarsstore.com so Jack Posobiec, again, has just been has been on this. I, I don't know if he's just just picked it up and has been spreading it more than anybody else or if he actually is the one that broke this story. But it does appear as though a D.C. plainclothes Capitol Police officer was the first to discover the pipe bomb. Uh, but what they figured out is that these pi- the pipe bomb that was discovered looks very similar to some other pipe bombs. And there's pictures of this. I'm, I'm having trouble finding it right now. But, guys, if you go to uh, Jack Posobiec's Twitter account, here it is. He says uh, – oh, man. See, Twitter 
sure changed up how they do bookmarks, and it's like totally thrown me off now. So it's not my fault. Now the show's hit a stumbling block. It's Twitter's. Okay, here it is. Jack Posobiec. Has anybody ever pointed out that the January 6th pipe bomb looks almost identical to the ones that the FBI uses in training? Look at the end cap and timer sent in to human events from a source. So here's the picture of the uh, January 6th pipe bomb. You can see it's a uh, metal pipe piece with some end caps that are screwed on and a timer that seems to have come from a kitchen timer, like an egg timer. And it is, I mean, exactly, exactly what's used in the FBI training materials. Uh, Same brand, same size, everything is exactly the same. So again, this was brought by uh, Jack Posobiec. And he asks, has anybody pointed out that these look exactly the same? And you know, the way the FBI works, especially when they're doing bombing false flag type things, what they'll do is they'll find somebody that wants to commit a bombing of some sort, and they'll send in an un- undercover agent, or they'll find a, a whistleblower or you know a snitch friend of the person, and they'll offer them the bomb, and they'll give them a fake bomb. And this is what they do. And they'll even take them out to a a field and they'll blow something up with a real bomb and then go, okay, that's, that's what's going to happen. Here's the bomb. And they give them a fake diffused non-functioning bomb. And then that person, once they place it, the FBI swoops in and arrest them and they have to do all these legalistic maneuvers where, and it's almost almost like a magical spell, right? They're like, well, you have to ask them at least three times if they're sure they want to do this. And if they say yes three times, then it's no longer entrapment when the FBI provides the bomb and the target and tells them to go blow it up. You have to you have to make sure they really want to do it. And at least three times you have to say, are you sure you want to do this? You don't have to. Uh, so that's the way they, they legally entrap people or or, you know, bring people into a plot that they are ready to foil so it's not actually out of the realm of questioning at all that this would be either somebody that really did want to place a bomb that the fbi provided them a fake one or it was just the fbi straight up doing it themselves and there's some more details on this that we'll get to on the other side stay with us we'll be right back after this short commercial break
taking a record of the hearts and minds of the American people. It's the American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. We just have so much to talk about, but let's just finish up on this uh, plainclothes police officer, plainclothes Capitol police officer that happened to stumble upon the pipe bomb and how that's just the beginning of the suspicious activities. There's a story from Post Millennial. Plainclothes police officer discovered the DNC pipe bomb. So how many, how many things about this are suspicious? How many things? One, it happens to happen at the exact time that the police start firing on a peaceful crowd and the, the siege of the Capitol kicks off and the pipe bomb is discovered just before that siege. So all of the senators and congressmen are already in the process of evacuating. So they're all you know, perfectly safe for the unexpected overwhelming of the you know, Capitol police the thin line, the four people that were there to keep in a crowd of several million or at least one million. That's a little bit suspicious. The timing is a little bit suspicious. The fact that there has been almost no obvious uh, curiosity about this from the FBI as they viciously hunt down anybody that was on the Capitol grounds that day they just occasionally go, oh, yeah, and we are still looking for the pipe bomber, haven't found him, no hints, no suggestions. They, like, they wouldn't even release the video of the guy for a while, right? You had day after day pictures of people's faces who were at the Capitol plastered on every mainstream media outlet. Do you know these people? Help, to, help us hunt down these terrorists. And then like months after, they're like, oh, yeah, there's like a few frames of a video that will show you of the Capitol pipe bomber. But don't look too much into it. So they provide like barely any information about it. Don't seem to be looking that hard at, at it. It doesn't seem like it'd be a difficult thing to actually do. I mean, when you know what CSI is capable of, when you know what the – when you realize how blanketed DC is in surveillance cameras, I mean if you have a person go missing or a person get murdered – the police will go in and they'll track suspects from camera to camera across an entire city until they get to, you know, a camera view that gives them some information that, uh, <laughs> was it Hunter Biden? Remember people were saying it was Marjorie Taylor Greene? There's been so much stupid nonsense about this, uh, pipe bomber who still has not been found, by the way. They still haven't even hinted at who this person might be, but no big you know, public outcry, no big public witch hunt to trying to find this person, just like occasionally mentioning, oh, yeah, we're, we're still looking for them, by the way. Tell us if you have any info. You know, tell us if you know who this person might be. We won't tell you, you know, we won't show you images of who they are or, you know, show video of them going back to the car that they got out of or anything like that. We just have a couple frames right when he's dropping the thing off and you can't have, there's no identifying details about him at all available. So, the timing is suspicious. The lack of curiosity from the FBI is suspicious. The manufacture of the bomb is extremely suspicious as it seems to be exactly part for part the exact bombs that are used in FBI uh, training uh, practice. 
then you also have this. So from my post, uh, again, this is Jack Posobiec uh, posting this. From my post in February 2022, a repost January 7th, so I had forgotten about the January 6th Piper, I finally uh, – January 6th bomber. I finally took a look at the publicly available pictures. Let me be extremely clear. One, those pipe bombs were either training aids or exact replicas of training aids available only to federal agencies. I've seen, used, and built them when on active duty. And, of course, he's talking about that picture we just showed you of the several pipe bombs identical to the one that was found that were used as uh, FBI training tools. They 100% were not placed by someone with the intent to blow them up. They were placed to be found. The placement of the bombs was done or directed uh, done or directed someone who was set up training exercises before. They were set up to allow for easy location, identification, and reasonably easy access for the device uh, to the device for the bomb tech. Even an idiot criminal would have put the below would have put the below bomb inside or behind the adjacent trash can. So some misspellings there, but you get the point, right? What he's saying is that the way this bomb was discovered, it looks like it was meant to be discovered. You could have easily covered it with something and it never would have been found. You could have shoved it in the bushes and nobody would have ever found it. You could have put it in the trash can or behind the trash can. It never would have been found. Instead, it was just placed on the ground with an obvious timer. I mean, it might as well have been a big cartoon cannonball bomb with a, with a big red fuse coming off of it. How obvious this was that this thing was a bomb and that it was just sitting on the ground in clear view of anybody passing by who just happened to be an undercover Capitol police officer who just happened to go tell a police vehicle that was 20 feet away who also happened to be in the motorcade. Yeah, this is almost more believable. (laughs) Batman running around with a giant smoking bomb. This was January 6th. Worse than Pearl Harbor, folks. Oh, God, I can't watch. It's just, it was too much. It's the most dangerous day in the history of our republic. There's Batman rescuing our democracy. <laughs> you might as well, might as well, right? Because of how obviously bomb-like this item was. So, you know, that's just off the top of my head. Just some of the suspicious aspects of this so-called pipe bomb discovered by the Capitol Police. Who discovered is suspicious. How it was discovered, how it was placed, extremely suspicious. The items that it was composed of, massively suspicious. The timing of it being placed, hugely suspicious. Even the place where it was found, the Democratic National Committee, extremely suspicious. Although, I seem to remember there being rumors of other bombs that day, but maybe that's you know consigned to the uh, memory hole i don't know maybe i'm just making that up but yeah a lot of suspicious things about this uh, pipe bomb that again seems to seems to really point to the uh, uh that all of this was a plan that all of this was designed the premeditation of this entire event because it's different if it's like a bunch of bungling, right? If in, in the classic sort of anti-conspiracy phrases, do not attribute to malice what can be explained by incompetence. And the amount of incompetence that would be required to allow January 6th to happen would be astronomical, right? You'd have to somehow be completely blind to the fact that all of these people were arriving because they didn't have adequate security. So they just, did, they just didn't know this was happening. Of course they knew it was happening. They deliberately withheld 
security. But to, to put it in the mindset of this was all a mistake, it'd have to be like, well, they accidentally didn't put enough guards. Then they, you know, by accident started firing into the crowd of peaceful protesters, driving them into the police line. Then like you accidentally have just thing after thing happen. All just extremely coincidental. And, and, you know, sort of the in-between would be like, well, there was a big protest and sort of spiraled into a riot and the people on the ground at the time sort of saw the usefulness of this. I mean, we have video of Nancy Pelosi when it's learned that violence is breaking out and she's like, yes, now we have him. Now we have Trump. We will we'll get him with this. And so I guess the, the sort of in-between, like January 6th was totally legitimate and real and a big threat and a coup and an insurrection that was extremely dangerous and organic and that was all tightly controlled, organized, you know, hyper planned out. The middle ground would be like, well, they didn't, they didn't know what was going to happen, but once it did start happening, they sort of took advantage of it and allowed it to happen more. But the fact that the pipe bomb was placed sort of puts us in that premeditation category that says none of this could have just happened organically in real time as, as people were figuring out what was going on and taking advantage of a situation as it developed. The fact that they had a pre-planned bomb to evacuate everybody before the violence started, the fact that they fired into the crowd on purpose, the fact that the Capitol Police themselves are on tape saying we got set up points to everything on January 6th being premeditated and highly planned out long before the day actually began. So, Jack Posobiec, well done. You know, I sit up here and I yell and scream about the New World Order and the globalists. They're planning to get rid of the borders and release a virus and have a global power grab, and you saw it all come true. But there's a inverse of that. There's not just the bad stuff I'm telling you about. There's the good stuff I'm telling you about. And just like our information is the best you're going to find out there, our supplements are amazing. So our new special in the last half of January 2024 is here. It's Real Red Pill Plus and DNA Force Plus, both 50% off. We're calling it the Supercharged Special. You can get either one of these great items at 40% off individually or together for 50% off. Now, in the time we have left, I can't tell you why they're so great and what they do for your body. Go to InfoWarsShore.com. Look at the ingredients and investigate it and then get them. It supports the InfoWar and it'll change your life. Take advantage now, InfoWarsStore.com. Our world is so full of hype. We are force-fed dehumanizing propaganda by the corporate media, by the controlled churches and the universities. And why is this the case? Because we innately, by God, have been given the keys to our own minds, our own psyches, our own souls. And by connecting to God, we can empower ourselves and transcend the, quote, fallen or sinful state. So the chemicals that we ingest and, and all the things that we try to bring into our bodies to, to, to change who we are are only lowering us. They're only making us more depressed. In the end, they're only making us less fulfilled. It is only by going within and really making that connection to God that we can truly empower ourselves. That's why the globalists bombard us with toxins and chemicals to block us getting the normal vitamins and minerals and trace elements. Our bodies need to be healthy and to be able to basically reach out beyond the third dimension. And that's where the incredible products come in at InfoWarsStore.com. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video.
back, ladies and gentlemen. Where to go now? I guess since we're talking about the American government. We'll talk about this. You know, it's almost I'm I'm always uh struggling to I could just could just bring you I could literally just read headlines for the whole three hours. For the whole three hours of the show, I could just read headlines, like not even really expand on them. I think it's it's better, it's more uh informative to sort of break down exactly <laughs> what these mean and what they imply and what the truth is behind them, right? That's what we do here. We we debunk lies. This is a debunking show. And so it's always kind of a struggle for me to find the balance between like getting to, to all of the different news and deep diving in on on certain things and determining what is important to cover and importantly for me what nobody else is covering because there's a lot of stuff that we could spend a lot of time on, but I also know that we're not – I don't want to talk about the same things Fox News is talking about, right? Certainly not in the same way uh, that they do. But if just going through some of these, uh, some of these headlines, here's, this is from Zero Hedge. DNA contaminants in COVID vaccine are beyond the pale, Florida Surgeon General. On January 3rd, the Office of Florida Surgeon General Dr. Joseph Ladapo issued a statement calling for the halt of the use of COVID-19 mRNA vaccines, citing the recent discovery of DNA contaminants in the vaccine vials. On the January 12th episode of Epoch TV's American Thought Leaders, Dr. Ladapo explained why he called for a halt, saying that while there were also safety concerns with COVID mRNA vaccines linking them to a multitude of adverse events, the recent discovery is, quote, beyond the pale. DNA is a common contaminant of many biological products, he told the show's host. We can use DNA to produce different drugs like insulin and other biologics. And that's a wonderful innovation. Normally, DNA doesn't pose a problem. Human cells are resistant to DNA entry, and this presents harming the integrity of the cell's DNA. However, since the mRNA vaccines use lipid nanoparticles, which deliver mRNA into the cells directly, DNA contaminants could also be able to enter the cells. Some scientists, like Dr. Ladapo, are concerned that the DNA from the vaccine may integrate with the human genome. Again, should we just move on from that? Like, you know, it's like, well, there's the information. Next story now, it's like, or should we delve in and talk about the, just like try to impress upon everybody the like biblical nature of this. The fact that they tricked people, lied and deceived people into taking a shot that not only alters their DNA, but as a consequence of how DNA works, that means altering the DNA of all of your descendants Forever, And where those DNA particles came from is sort of a mystery, right? Who they came from, what this DNA contains. After all, our DNA contains the building blocks of our entire person. So if there was some defect in this DNA that is now not only insinuated into your cells, but will be carried on through your progeny forever, okay? Almost impossible to imagine the scale of what just happened, of the scientific curse that was just released on everybody. Sort of horrifying, but that's just one headline, right, from yesterday. Okay, great. So everybody who took the shot has somebody else's DNA now 
interconnecting with their own. And they will now be passing on to their children not only their own DNA, but whatever this alien DNA that was implanted in them is. Horrifying. But that's what they're doing. Here's another just mind-bendingly horrific statistic from Wesley Yang. 4.1% of all deaths in Canada were medically-assisted suicide in 2022. 13,241 Canadians were euthanized, a growth rate of 31.2% over 2021. So there's that. (laughs) I mean, again, do we need to talk about the moral implications of this? I mean, how do you even, how, how do you even discuss this? Number of assisted deaths jumps more than 30% in 2022 report says over 13,000 people murdered by their own state in Canada. Willingly, they willingly went to a state facility to be injected with poison to die. 13,000 Canadians. Canada is not that big of a population. Okay, it's over 4% of all deaths that year. That's, that's, that's crazy. That's just crazy. It's just crazy. What else is there to say about it? It's like, it's just horrifying. Again, I don't know. I mean, we could go into it, but just like now, you know, now, you know, 4% of all Canadian deaths in 2022 were people euthanized by the state put down like dogs who had outlived their dogs that had bitten the hand of their master euthanized put down by the canadian government and of course this reminds us of the article from back in 2017 where cbc the canadian broadcasting company reports that medically assisted deaths could save millions in healthcare spending oh well at least we're saving money all we have to do to save money is Kill 4% of our population? Why didn't we do this earlier? Just, it's just sickening. I mean, can you imagine? Just explaining this is only in the past or something. It's like, yeah, in the future, there will be tens of thousands of people murdered by the state, willingly euthanized and put down like a sick dog. 13,000 of them. The person in the past is just like, oh my God, what? And you're like, don't worry. It saved us a lot of money. We, we saved a lot of moolah by pushing suicide on vulnerable populations. And of course, we, then we could bring up all the other instances of just horror that have come about because of the MAID program, the medical assistance and dying agenda where people go to the hospital because they're depressed and the hospital's like, do you want us to kill you? Would you like to die? You sound depressed. We can offer you some medicine, some therapy, or we could just end it right now. You could just be, you'd be done with this sick life. Disgusting. Other people, just too poor, right? There's somebody that was in a wheelchair I was requesting from the Canadian government because remember, they don't have free health. They don't have uh, private health care. They've got free health care. It's totally free. Don't worry, the state will cover the cost of putting you down. I bet there'd be even a cheaper way to do medical assistance. And I mean, if money is the issue, what are you using expensive chemicals or using some sort of gas containment, you know, like a, like a 
criminal when they're executed. I mean, you know what's really cheap is a bullet. You could just shoot them in the head. I mean, if it's about saving money, there are ways to do this that are even cheaper than it's being done now. But yeah, the person who was uh, <laughs> Canadian. Don't worry, folks. The government's going to cover your health care costs from now on. Wow, healthcare turns out to be really expensive. I tell you what, the government has a new program where instead of helping you to heal, we're just going to finish the job. We're just going to expedite this whole death process for you. But yeah, there's a woman who was uh, in a wheelchair, couldn't get up the stairs in her home, went to the Canadian government as being the only people able to provide the medical devices she would need to continue to live in the house that she raised a family in. And uh, their solution was, why don't we kill you? Oh, you're having trouble getting up the stairs? Well, we have a solution. It's your death. Hmm, incredible. But it just it goes on and on. Director of California LGBT group acu- uh, arrested in online child sting operation. Gerard Slayton, 42, had recently been appointed as, as executive director of the Rainbow Resource Center. And was caught in a sting operation trying to solicit children for sex. So that's like the 10th time this has happened this month. Don't look for patterns, folks. Don't don't think that, you know, the fact that it seems like almost every LGBTQ organization is, in fact, run by pedophiles. You know, we're still all about tolerance and acceptance here. And we have things like this. Uh, Gaza, 10,000 children killed in nearly 100 days of war. Well, a major, major achievement, I think. I mean, that, that's got to be a record. 100 days, 10,000 children. I think we can all give it up to Israel for their incredible work over the last 100 days. I mean, astonishing stuff, really incredible. Nobody thought you could do it. You made it to 10,000. You can stop now. You did it, Israel. You killed 10,000 children in, uh, you know, punishment for, you know, that time that you killed a bunch of your own people. It's it's all very complicated. Give it up for Israel, everybody. 10,000 children. They did it. Most moral army in the world. The ultimate turmeric product on the market has returned to InfoWarsStore.com and is now 25% off for a limited time. Utilized for thousands of years, turmeric is one of the most studied medicinal herbs today. Hundreds of peer-reviewed scientific articles are published every year on the chemistry and therapeutic potential of turmeric and its active components. Bodies will reduce inflammation throughout the body, help boost and support flexibility, increase mobility, assist in joint function, bolster your immune system, and so much more. Regular turmeric from the store contains about 1-5% to of the active ingredient curcuminoids, but our super powerful extract using bodies contains over 95% of the active ingredients in turmeric. No other product can compare with this curcuminoid delivery system, so if you want to put the true power of turmeric to the test, then look no further. Grab yourself a bottle today for 25% off at InfoWarsStore.com and put your body at ease. In December of 2020, federal agents Lindsay and Ura approached Mr. Jeremy Brown at his home and asked him if he would be a paid informant for the government. They asked him to infiltrate some groups they were looking at involving concerns they had about an event in January. 
Mr. Brown recorded this conversation, and instead of working for the government on January 6th, he went on as many media outlets that would have him, starting in March of 2021, and played the recording. He named the agents and exposed what they wanted him to do. No big deal. We decided to come out. We I've worked with JTTF before. So I'm okay. familiar. Um, you might in the future. So see, there you have it. Well, you might in the future. So we don't care which way you lead. Right. We just want to make sure that you're not targeting anybody and nobody's going to get hurt over the outcome in January. Okay. We'd love to hear from you. And again, I'm not. I can't make any promises, but like you provide information and prevent something big. The government pays for that. Like, we think that we can help you. You can help us, and we can definitely on this side of things less aggravation. You're one of 19 people that were going to knock on the door and say they're not home or they are home. And we're like, one of 19 people. These two guys, not not the. Not the 58 other agents that he's about to explain that there's 60 of them in Tampa. But just, I'm just one of 19. As a result of his righteous actions, the government had him arrested after an illegal search of his home on September of 2021. And after nearly two and a half years in federal prison, Jeremy has filed for an appeal. Jeremy's legal team is presenting forensic evidence that show the unregistered explosive grenades and the national defense documents that Jeremy was said to have illegally been in possession of were planted in his home by government agents during an illegal search. The first thing the agents did when they entered Mr. Brown's home for their search was turn off all 14 recording devices, and none of these agents had any functioning body cameras. The only person recording was Jeremy's girlfriend, who recorded the arrest by Agent Lindsay and Ura, who instructed her to stop recording, which she did. They were very deliberate in making sure nothing was recorded during their search. During this search, they allegedly found two explosive grenades and a CD containing national defense documents, items that Mr. Brown denied knowing anything about. The grenades were tested for DNA and the FBI's own experts found two male specimen DNAs on the grenades, none of which were from Jeremy Brown. They found a dog hair underneath one of the grenades. Mr. Brown has two dogs, so the FBI got a search warrant, took over 50 samples from his dogs, and determined that the hair on the grenade was not from his dogs. They found a carpet fiber on the tape around one of the grenades, so they get another search warrant cut out pieces of Jeremy's carpet and compare the fibers to the one that was found with the grenade, and they determine it was not a match. Criminal counts 6, 7, 8, and 9 were allegedly found on a compact disc that they claim Mr. Brown carried with him through the deserts of Kuwait and Afghanistan for 17 years, and yet there isn't a scratch or a hint of discoloration on it. In August of 2022, there was a trace done on that CD to see when it was uploaded. And the evidence shows that Mr. Brown did not have the CD or the two grenades in his possession. They were planted by crooked agents working for a criminal state that has locked up and tortured scores of innocent men and women for a planned false flag event that they orchestrated with so many federal assets that they lost count. This criminal state is now threatening to go after everyone who was in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. 
no matter if they were in the Capitol or on Capitol grounds. While we are still somewhat free, let us support Jeremy Brown in his legal efforts so that he can free himself and continue to fight for American freedom. Greg Reese reporting. Listening to the American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Second hour of American Journal is on. I'm not just the complete insanity of the world today. Again, I just, you know, there's so many stories, I don't even know, I don't know what to, to spend time on. We can talk a little bit about uh, Israel, since that's where we left off. 10,000 children killed, this according to Save the Children. Again, round of applause for Israel. 10,000 children, you did it. Who, nobody, people didn't think it could be done. Just incredible stuff. Take a bow. Take a bow. The most moral army in the world. Incredible. Incredible. I, I mean... It's an achievement. Not killing 10,000 children. That's actually very easy. They're children. And Israel has bombs. So, you know, that's not the the real achievement is doing it while still retaining the support of America and the West in the mainstream media. I mean, it's it's one thing and then it's cut off. So we got to have the kids yelling and cheering and then they're silent forever. Right. So that's uh, most moral army in the world. It's, uh, you know, they have a right to defend themselves, obviously. <clears throat> Killing 10,000 children is not exactly difficult, not with uh, airstrikes, that sort of thing. But really, it's an achievement being able to do that, being able to commit a genocide in front of just literally everybody right out in the open with no military purpose whatsoever. And to, and to retain support from so many people around the world to continue this murderous campaign against all odds. I mean, it's, it's an achievement. It shows you what Israel can do when it puts its mind to it, you know? I mean, what other, what other army? I mean, you know, Russia, you know, it's a very precise military targets but like a civilian gets killed there here or there they're raked over the coals they've got they're being denounced nato is forming against them i mean they don't get away with anything they don't have the they don't have the power that israel does which is really on display right now the power to kill 10,000 children and to still be treated like the victims i mean that it's, it's mind blowing i mean the achievement the incredible power they're able to wield it's uh Something to behold, isn't it? It's something to admire almost. If you're like a really sickeningly evil person, you, you really have to admire it. So yes, from Save the Children, Gaza, 10,000 children killed in nearly 100 days of war. More than 10,000 children have been killed by Israeli airstrikes and ground operations in Gaza in nearly 100 days of violence, according to the Ministry of Health in Gaza, with thousands more missing, presumed buried under rubble, Save the Children said. 
The latest data from the Ministry of Health in Gaza shows more than 10,000 of Gaza's 1.1 million children, or 1% of the total child population, have been killed in an attack on Israel uh, since the attack on Israel on October 7th and the assault on Gaza that followed. The war will have been going on for 100 days on the 14th of January, so we're about 105 days into this. 370 schools in Gaza have been damaged or destroyed. 94 hospitals and healthcare facilities in Gaza have been attacked. More than 1,000 Palestinian children lost one or both of their legs. Around 1.1 million children, the entire child population in Gaza, has been denied access to adequate humanitarian existence. They are, in fact, starving right now. Abductions of children in Israel and 33 Israeli children have been killed. So just, you know, again, incredible. Is it hard to blow up 370 schools? Probably not. Is it hard to kill, to blow up 370 schools, kill 10,000 children, bomb 94 hospitals, and still be portrayed as the victims in the media? Now that is a, that's a, it's a difficult thing to do. And they did it. So I think we, we can all admire uh, the just, again, mind-bending level of, of manipulation and evil that's necessary to carry out this attack. Again, kudos, kudos to Israel. Well done. Well done. Now, the question, obviously, that anybody should be asking is, was it worth it? Why did they kill 10,000 children and bomb 94 hospitals and slaughter, you know, upwards of 25,000 innocent civilians in this well-documented campaign of genocide? Has it all been worth it? What have they achieved is the question I guess uh, people should be asking. And of course, the the question implies, was this necessary? In other words, have they achieved monumental military success against an existential threat and these 10,000 children were just necessary collateral for the the sake of the existence of Israel? Or is this just sheer unrelenting, purposeless murder. I think that's the question on everybody's mind. And uh, unfortunately for everyone, it appears as though Israel has achieved just about nothing in all of this. Largely, they've achieved nothing. As Mario Nafal reports, the IDF has allegedly lost their full control over the north of Gaza. Big areas are reportedly back under Hamas control. Now, verifying these claims is difficult as access to Gaza is prohibited, but Areas that previously were Israeli controlled have been recaptured uh, by Hamas recently as since we reported from the very beginning and since everybody knows, I mean, everybody knows this is the case. Hamas has gigantic tunnel systems 60 feet underground that are immune to the airstrikes that Israel is deploying. So when they're killing 10,000 children and bombing 370 schools and 94 hospitals, and by the way, they just blew up uh, the Palestine University, clip number eight here we can play. This is uh, the IDF, uh, you know, targeting the terrorists, remember? Remember, they're all terrorists and there are no innocent civilians. That's what the, uh, the IDF was saying. Let's go down to clip number eight here. Here's the, uh, the university, once a uh, thriving headquarters of, of learning. And, you know, luckily for us, Israel's out there with a drone – uh, you know, capturing this event. Boom, look at that. One big bomb and the whole building is rubble. Yeah, victory. Victory, we did it. Uh, except now we're retreating because we can't hold the land that we've 
supposedly conquered. The Institute for the Study of War admits that Hamas has re-infiltrated the areas that IDF fled and were routed from. Israel has lost significant ground in the north. This report by uh, Jackson Hinkle. Palestinian militias are re-infiltrating into areas of the northern Gaza Strip where Israeli forces previously conducted clearing operations. CTP-ISW has observed renewed military activity in several neighborhoods across the northern part of the Strip in recent weeks uh, weeks as Israeli forces have transitioned to less intense fighting there. Palestinian militias have renewed attacks, particularly around Jabalia, Sheikh Radwan, and southern Gaza City. There's also similar but more limited renewal of Palestinian activity in other locations where Israeli forces previously conducted clearing operations in northern Gaza. Israeli forces are returning to areas that they had previously left, according to Reuters, which is consistent with the likelihood of reinfiltration of Palestinian militants. The Israeli Defense Forces confirmed on December 31st, 2023, that it withdrew five brigades from northern Gaza Strip and said that it would transition to targeted raids with its remaining forces. CTP-ISW assessed on January 2nd, 2024, that the IDF transitioning to this new phase of operations will very likely enable Hamas to reconstitute itself militarily. Okay, so they've killed 10,000 children. They've killed what, uh, tens of thousands of uh, innocent civilians. And militarily, they have not achieved more or less a single objective. The hostages have not been returned. Hamas has not been hampered to any great degree. And, of course, they've opened up fronts on the, in the north of their country with Hezbollah carrying out just about a dozen successful attacks a day and leaving the entire northern part of Israel devoid of life as all the Israelis have fled from the north and are now living as refugees in their own countries. In addition to that, obviously, you've got the Yemenis shutting down the Red Sea and continuing to carry out missile attacks against military and civilian vessels in that area, regardless of the continuing American airstrikes against their positions. You have Iran now entering the fight in a more real way, bombing a consulate or a Mossad operation in Iraq, as well as a separatist group near pa- uh, Pakistan. So again, what is the point of this? What, what is the strategic value of any of this at all? Or is this just the, the preliminary sort of warm-up warm up genocide before the real world war starts going? We don't know. We just don't know. Now, in terms of the spiraling out of this, the continuing expansion of uh, the conflict, you do have Iran bombing a separatist group in Pakistan. Well, Pakistan bombs the same group in Iran. Uh, this seems to not make too much sense, but that's what's uh, being reported. But there's an interesting background to this whole uh, – to this group. So from AP News, Iran, at least nine killed in Pakistan's tit-for-tat strikes. Pakistan launches airstrikes in Iran, killing nine after an earlier attack by Tehran. Pakistan's Air Force launched retaliatory airstrikes early Thursday in Iran, allegedly, allegedly targeting militant hideouts, an attack that killed at least nine people and further raised tensions between the neighboring nations. Mind you again, Pakistan is a nuclear power, and if this conflict is not dealt with with kid gloves – you know, it's just not looking good, basically. 
Thursday's attack followed one by Iran inside Pakistan on Tuesday. Both appeared to target Baluch military groups and similar separatist goals on either side of the Iran-Pakistan border. The countries accused each other of providing safe haven to the groups in their respective territories. The attacks also come as the Middle East remains unsettled by Israel's war with Hamas in the Gaza Strip. Yeah, a little unsettled. The Middle East is unsettled a little bit. You just picture a pile of children's corpses when you hear the word unsettled, but that's fine. The strikes imperiled diplomatic relationships between Islamabad and Tehran as Iran and nuclear-armed Pakistan have long regarded each other with suspicion over militant attacks. Each nation also faces its own internal political pressures as the strikes may be – and the strikes may be uh, in – Part response to that, Pakistan's foreign ministry described its attack Thursday as, quote, a series of highly coordinated and previously was called Jandala. The group had pledged alliance to ISIS. The U.S. Department has designated both Jandala and Jaish al-Adil as foreign terrorist uh, organizations. But if we take a little trip back in time to, uh, well, about 11 years ago, you have this story from – uh, foreign policies. This was published in 2012, January of 2012. False flag. A series of CIA memos describes how Israeli Mossad agents posed as American spies to recruit members of the terrorist organization Jandala to fight their covert war against Iran. Buried deep in the archives of America's intelligence services are a series of memos written during the last years of President George W. Bush's administration that describes how Israeli Mossad officers recruited operatives belonging to the terrorist group Jandala by passing themselves off as American agents. According to two U.S. intelligence officials, the Israelis, flush with American dollars and toting American passports, posed as CIA officers in recruiting Jandala operatives, which is commonly referred to as a false flag operation. The memos, as described by the sources, one of whom has read them and another who is intimately familiar with the case, investigated and debunked reports from 2007 and 2008 accusing the CIA at the direction of the White House of covertly supporting Jandala, a Pakistan-based Sunni extremist organization. Jandala, according to the U.S. government, published reports, is responsible for assassinating Iranian government officials and killing Iranian women and children. While the memo showed the United States had barred even the most in, uh, incidental contact with Jandala, according to both intelligence officers, the same was not true for Israel's Mossad. The memos also detail CIA field reports showing that is, uh, Israelis' recruiting activities occurred under the nose of U.S. intelligence officials, most notably in London, the capital of one of Israel's ostensible allies, where Mossad officers posing as CIA operatives met with Jandala officials. The officials did not know whether the Israeli program to recruit and use Jandala is ongoing. Nevertheless, they were stunned by the brazenness of, of the Mossad's efforts. Really? You're stunned by that? <laughs> Have you ever looked into their history? <laughs> ever? Brazen doesn't even begin to describe it. Interviews with six currently serving or recently retired intelligence officers over the last 18 months have helped to fill the blanks of the Israeli false flag operation. In addition to the two currently serving U.S. intelligence officers, the existence of the Israeli false flag operation was confirmed to me by four retired intelligence officers who have served in the CIA or have monitored Israeli intelligence operations from senior positions inside the U.S. government. CIA and White House were both asked for comment on the story, but by the time the story went to press, they had not responded. The Israeli intelligence services, the Mossad, were also contacted in writing and by telephone but failed to respond. As a policy, Israel does not confirm or deny its involvement in intelligence operations. But there's no denying that there is a covert, bloody, and ongoing campaign aimed at stopping Iran's nuclear program, though no evidence has emerged connecting recent acts of sabotage and killing inside Iran to Jandala. So, yeah, you've got back in uh, 2012 or before, Mossad operatives – with U.S. passports and U.S. money posing as CIA operatives 
in order to recruit Jandala, the Jandala organization, into uh, carrying out actions against Iran for the sake of Israel, because they're our greatest allies, you know. That's what, your, that's what your greatest allies do. They frame you for terrorist attacks against Iran. Isn't that nice? So if these Jandala operatives, you know, sort of a win-win for Israel, right? It's like, well, if the Jandala operatives carry out the attacks and are successful, then they do damage to their primary geopolitical opponent, Iran. But if something goes wrong and they get caught and interrogated and fess up to the Iranian authorities, then the blame will be squarely placed on uh, us, on the United States. So, you know, again, just brilliant move, just admiring Israel. That's what we're all about here on this show is just the, the bravery and the intelligence it takes to, you know, kill 10,000 children, bomb every school and hospital in an area that you have enclosed by a giant wall and treat like an open air prison. It's, uh, it's incredible that you've been able to achieve this while simultaneously enjoying unwavering support from the country that you have routinely carried out intelligence operations against or false flags against. So, again, it's just my admiration glows. I mean, I really, I'm just I'm, – I'm in shock and awe of the, the ability of Israel to get away with all of it. You have to admire it. You really do. So they've got terrorists carrying out terrorist attacks – in the name of America, despite us not having any interest and it being completely at odds with the way that we do things ever. It's really incredible. It's really nice. So that's the group that uh, Iran is attacking. And of course, they were allied with ISIS, which also happens to be carrying out bombing attacks in places like Iran and Syria against the enemies of uh, Israel and America. So again, just, you know, it's just it's it's just amazing how how powerful and smart they are able to just openly fund and support and use ISIS as a uh, proxy army to attack their enemies while simultaneously using the threat of muslim extremism to browbeat america into supporting israel as the front line combat against muslim extremists that Israel is also recruiting to do their dirty work in the guise of Americans. I mean, really, it's just very impressive. It's all very impressive, folks. And actually, I have a, I have a video I want to get to, but it's, it's a, almost 15 minutes long. I almost, but I, I really do want to play the whole thing. So I don't know. We'll have to maybe get to that later this hour. It's basically making the argument that Palestine is winning. And it makes a pretty it makes a pretty good case for it. I guess we'll I guess we'll have to go to that, but uh, we'll move on to some more uh, uh American topics or or maybe we'll get into, you know, what's happening with Russia as that flashpoint also seems to be a major danger point for uh world war three so we'll get to we'll get to all of that in just a second of course we do have videos from the world economic forum and others we have some updates about it's pretty interesting american court cases you've got a couple trials that we'll be keeping an eye on one is that uh daniel penny the guy that saved that subway car full of people from the 
from a, a raving violent lunatic. And then, of course, in thanks, he has been uh, charged with murder, and the judge is not dismissing the subway chokehold death case against U.S. Marine vet Daniel Penny. How dare you try to intervene against a, a violent, rabid criminal? You're supposed, to, you're supposed to let him kill somebody first, and then you respond, okay? That's how this works. Of course, you'll see in the video, as we've played many times, there are several people holding this man down. Uh, the white one is the one who is uh, on trial for murder now. It's white privilege. But there's also another case that's just been brought against the Joe Biden administration by the family members of somebody who was a victim of an illegal immigrant murder. And they're suing the Biden administration, saying that they are complicit in this murder. They are actually responsible for the murder. As we've said on the show a million times, if you drive the getaway car for a murderer, you are guilty of murder. And that's the way that uh, the U.S. justice system works. So I think if you illegally violate U.S. law to bring in criminals to this country, release them into a city, then they kill somebody, you are responsible for that. They wouldn't be here without you. That family member wouldn't be dead without your complicity in this operation. So the Biden administration is being sued for $100 million. But considering that there's been tens of thousands of victims of illegal immigrant crime, I think everybody should be suing this administration. Everybody's a victim of this. And in reality, we all are. All of our lives are worse. You know, I sit up here and I yell and scream about the New World Order and the globalists. They're planning to get rid of the borders and release a virus and have a global power grab. And you saw it all come true. But there's a inverse of that. There's not just the bad stuff I'm telling you about. There's the good stuff I'm telling you about. And just like our information is the best you're going to find out there, our supplements are amazing. So our new special in the last half of January 2024 is here. It's Real Red Pill Plus and DNA Force Plus, both 50% off. We're calling it the Supercharged Special. You can get either one of these great items at 40% off individually or together for 50% off. Now, the time we have left, I can't tell you why they're so great and what they do for your body. Go to InfoWarsShore.com, look at the ingredients and investigate it, and then get them. It supports the InfoWar and it'll change your life. Take advantage now, InfoWarsStore.com. Infowars.com is tomorrow's news today. You're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. You came down to this southern town last summer. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Halfway through the show, and I think it's time we turn to some good news. But all you've shown the folks it is out there. We do have some good news uh, to tell you about. And first, I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to take credit for this, but I do like to think we had some influence in it. But really, the congratulations goes to everybody who participated, and especially to our guest from Monday, Courtney Turner. She posted this on X: "Huge win, SEC withdrew NAC application. We must still remain vigilant. They will likely rebrand in March fourth, but it slowed down at least for today." So if you were watching on Monday, you know Courtney Turner came to implore people to go leave a comment about these natural asset companies. 
which was an attempt to get the earth itself on the New York Stock Exchange to commodify and monetize the ground you walk on, the water you drink, and the air you breathe as having some sort of intrinsic monetary value is total nonsense. But we put out a call to action asking people to go comment and try to prevent the SEC from allowing this to go forward, and it appears as though they have listened. They've backed down. No longer will the natural asset companies be able to list themselves on the New York Stock Exchange. And uh, Westerman responds to this about face decision to withdraw the uh, NAC rule proposal. Today, the Security and Exchange Commission announced a notice of withdrawal of the proposed rule change that would have allowed the New York Stock Exchange to to list natural asset companies. House Committee on Natural Resources Chairman Bruce Westerman issued the following statement in response. Quote, today is a victory for Americans as our public lands stay firmly in the hands of our citizens. After committee Republicans raised the alarm on the issue, we're relieved to see the New York Stock Exchange come to its senses and withdraw its own proposed rule change. Allowing foreign interests to fund companies that would lock up America's most precious assets should never even have been considered. And today we can breathe at least a momentary sigh of relief. I'd like to recognize members of this committee who contributed important work on the issue and helped bring it to light. For now, America's public lands remain available to all Americans not to foreign shareholders. The committee will continue its diligent oversight of any attempts to lock up America's public lands. Once again, we're in this position where we're fighting a swarm. We're fighting some sort of replicating ooze. And I'm, I'm sort of sick of this being a victory for us. It is a victory. Let's, let's be clear. It's very good that this was prevented from happening. We'll go to a statement here in just a second that you know, explains this a little bit further. So I'm not saying this isn't a victory. I'm not saying this shouldn't be celebrated. But what's stopping them from just doing it again? As Courtney said in that tweet, they're just going to rebrand it and do it again. And this is what they do. So there has to be sort of a reformation in our concept of what people on our side should do when they're in government. It is not enough to just defend yourself against these attacks. I can almost, again, I can almost picture, I mean, maybe this is from a movie or something, but it's like, it's like you're walking around all day and all day there's somebody trying to kill you and they keep failing. They keep not quite being able to kill you but you never do anything to stop them from trying again. And it just happens over and over and over. So it's like, you've got this little assassin and like when you start your car, a bomb's supposed to blow up, but it fizzles out and you see the person in the bushes hiding like, darn it. And you're like, haha, almost got me that time, but you didn't. And then you start driving, you realize your brakes are cut, but you're able to save yourself and you crash into a, a bush and, so that murder attempt, you know, fails too. And again, that assassin is there in the bushes, you know, waiting to watch his work and uh, you survive. And he's like, ah, darn it. And you're like, ah, you almost got me again. And he tries to stab you, but he misses. And then he tries to shoot you and you dodge it. And it just every time you're just like, ah, didn't give me that. It's like, they're going to get you eventually. So you have to do something offensively against that person. You have to stop that person from trying to kill you. 
so in this case, whether it's you know DEI and and the diversity agenda, or the natural asset companies and the takeover of our natural assets by private industry to be cut off from our being able to use them, they're just going to do it again. So there, there's got to be something that's like attempted. There's attempted murder, right? You don't get away with attempting a murder just because the guy survives. You still get punished severely for that. So there's got to be some sort of punishment for attempted tyranny, for something when you attempt to so egregiously undermine like a prime American value, like public land should be public. You can't just let these people get away with it over and over. They're just going to go reform and come back at you with a different style of attack. And this happens in DEI just right out in the open. Right out in the open, they're doing this. So the Supreme Court decides that affirmative action is, in fact, in violation of the Constitution, you know, because of what it means. Obviously, obviously, when there's, you know, the Civil Rights Act that says you can't discriminate against people, but then they say, oh, but it's okay, we're discriminating against white people. Everybody's like, oh, that makes sense. Like, no, that doesn't make sense. None of that makes sense. So the Supreme Court comes in and says, no, you can't discriminate against white and Asian people. Obviously. And then the colleges go, well, we still are, though. We just won't call it, you know, diversity. We just won't say that we're doing this to fulfill diversity quotas. We'll just say that uh, we take in a student's background before we matriculate them into the university. And they're just doing the same thing. It's just the same thing. But for some reason, because they call it a different name, they get away with it. This can't keep going. This can't keep happening like this. Again, it's good news. We succeeded. We had success in this. But everybody recognizes that this is the case. It's not like it's a mystery how this is going to go. Courtney Turner says we defeated it, but they're going to rename it and try it again. The head of the committee, the the congressional committee, Bruce Westerman, says, you know, well, we still got to stay vigilant. You have to have diligent oversight of all of these attempts to lock up America's public lands. I don't know. Why don't you take the people that made this proposal in the first place and strip them of their license and prevent them from doing business in this regard ever again? Why don't you just stop them from trying this ever again? Can we, like, is that even possible to do? Obviously it is. Yes, we could do that. Why don't we? I don't know. I don't know. It's like that guy who just keeps letting his assassin get away why don't you do something because one of these times it's going to work so you have to be offensive in this so i don't know why we're not but trying to appreciate this as a win we'll go now to clip number four as uh, one of the members of this natural resources uh, committee talks about the the victory that they've had let's watch Hello, everyone. This is Harriet Hegeman. I'm sitting outside the House chambers, and I have some great news to relay. Today, the New York Stock Exchange withdrew their request for the SEC to change the rules so that they could list natural asset companies. It was because of your hard work and engagement we were able to stop this incredibly bad idea. And I am proud to say that with all of the work from people in Wyoming and all over the country, we were able to make our voices heard. So thank you. This is a day to celebrate. 
so there you go. Uh, victory against the people that trying to s- quietly implement this rule. And again, I'd like to uh, thank all of our listeners who took Courtney Turner's call to action and actually went and commented. There is a aspect to this that requires political participation by large amounts of people. And we can have success. I just want to see more. I just want to see people move against the people that are attempting these things because they're not going to stop. And they're just going to come up with a new creative way to pitch it. And next time it might very well go through. So I don't know how we do it, but we got to start moving offensively against these people. I'm a humble person. And I want to say that I'm just a man. But I'm not just a man. Just like you. No matter what color you are, whether you're a man or a woman, you were made by the creator of the universe who had a plan for you, who has a destiny for you. That's why the system hates you and fears you. That's why they hate me. It's because the spirit I carry is one of justice and truth and courage and honor and will and love. My friends, the enemy's coming after me, not because I'm a loser, but because I'm a winner. They're coming after you, not because you're a bad person, because you're a good person, because you love God and God loves you. And so I signed up for this. I signed up for this fight. And I'm not a victim. I'm an overcomer. But I can't fight this fight without you. That's why I want you to always remember that I appreciate you and I thank you because InfoWars is your fight. InfoWars is your baby. It's the thing you built. We did this together. So God bless you all. Let's keep fighting. You know, I sit up here and I yell and scream about the New World Order and the globalists. They're planning to get rid of the borders and release a virus and have a global power grab. And you saw it all come true. But there's a inverse of that. There's not just the bad stuff I'm telling you about. There's the good stuff I'm telling you about. And just like our information is the best you're going to find out there, our supplements are amazing. So our new special in the last half of January 2024 is here. It's Real Red Pill Plus and DNA Force Plus, both 50% off. We're calling it the Supercharged Special. You can get either one of these great items at 40% off individually or together for 50% off. Now, in the time we have left, I can't tell you why they're so great and what they do for your body. Go to InfoWarsShore.com, look at the ingredients and investigate it, and then get them. It supports the InfoWar and it'll change your life. Take advantage now, InfoWarsStore.com. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Ladies and gentlemen, this might be the best uh, illustrations of what I was just talking about. Dean Phillips, a Democrat congressman, drops DEI from campaign website. What was once diversity, equity, and inclusion, and that's got a bad name recently. People understand what that really means. So it doesn't sound so good. So he changed it to equity and restorative justice. And kept all of the text underneath. They changed the headline, but kept all of the information. It's just, I mean, this is what it is, right? Democrat presidential candidate Dean Phillips removed a reference to promoting uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion on his campaign website after one of his top financial backers, a leading DEI opponent, prodded Phillips publicly on the subject. That donor, the head fund 
uh, hedge fund investor Bill Ackman has a different times called Phillips language about DEI a mistake. He said that the candidate was getting educated on the issue, writing on X. He said several times that he expected Phillips would revise his campaign website's reference to DEI. Earlier in the week, the Minnesota Representatives campaign took out the term DEI from the platform section of its website and replaced it with equity and restorative justice. But the language under the header remains the same. With Phillips' campaign saying he believes we are a rapidly diversifying country, and it's that diversity which makes America great. This is what they do. You dislike the idea, the concept that they're pushing. And so they say, okay, we're listening to you. We hear you. You know, you don't like DEI. That's fine. We'll call it something else. It's like, no, it's not the, it's not the term that we have a problem with. It's the concept. It's the thing you're doing that we don't like. Oh, you don't like natural asset companies? That's fine. We won't do that anymore. It'll be private investment in nature from now on. Okay? Just we're, we're listening to you. We're hearing you. You don't want us doing that anymore? That's fine. We're not doing it anymore. You don't like abortion? That's fine. We're going to call it women's health care now. Okay? Problem solved. The way they, they manipulate words is a key aspect to their power. But while we're on the good news... Let's go now to uh, clip number seven. As seven months ago, Ohio bucking the trend, actually going in the right direction, made it legal for every person to carry a concealed handgun without a permit. And this is the type of rule that the Democrats worked very hard to eliminate, citing the gun violence epidemic in America. We have to stop this. We have to stop letting American citizens defend themselves and have the dignity and, and freedom of carrying their own firearms because so many people are dying from gunfire. So they work very hard to get these things in place because they want to decrease crime rates and gun deaths. Ohio goes in the opposite direction, makes it legal for everybody to carry a gun Here's what happens. Clip number seven. One of the issues that has plagued the cities across Ohio, including here in central Ohio, is gun violence. A new study just released is now unearthing if the Buckeye State's constitutional carry law impacted gun violence in cities. We thank you for joining us today for NBC4 at 5. I'm Jared Smalley. And I'm Jennifer Bullock. The study was published today by the Center for Justice Research through a partnership between Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost's office and Bowling Green State University. I remember back on June 13th, the state began allowing citizens to carry a concealed weapon without a permit. The study looked at gun violence in the state's eight largest cities. Six saw less gun crimes after the law changed. The data spans from June 2021 to June 2023. And one of those cities that saw a decrease was the city of Columbus. Before the law, the rate per 1,000 people of crimes was 10.79. It dropped to nearly 9.5%. Other cities that saw decreases are Cleveland, Toledo, Akron, Parma, and Canton. The cities that featured a jump are Cincinnati and Dayton. NBC4 spoke with Attorney General Dave Yost today, who says this proves the those statements are not true. So I think this is worth watching as we go to the future to see if it remains the same. Um, but this is scientifically uh, a good piece of work um, and uh, it definitively says that constitutional carry did not create additional gun violence. 
The attorney general says this does not mean there is not a gun violence problem in the state. He says there absolutely is. However, he says the city and police leaders should be focusing on other ways to fix that problem. So you go. Let more people have guns. Crime rate drops. Who would have thought? All of us, obviously. We all know this to be true. And now we have even more proof that this is the case. Because it's not the legal gun owners that are the problem. It's not the people who are going down to academy and buying a shotgun to go hunting or to protect their family. They're not the ones killing people on the streets. Those are the gangs. So arm the normal people and the gangs have to be a little bit more careful about who they victimize. Very good news. And hopefully it will serve as a lesson for other states who will take the same path in the future. Now on the topic of crime, I guess this is where you know the, the conservatives and the, the liberals diverge. You've got areas like Ohio that are making it more easy for people to have guns. Crime rate goes down. You've got you know, crime spiking in liberal cities, and the solution they have is to basically make the entire society a, a prison. If you don't lock up your criminals, you have to live in a prison. And there's just, I mean, it's sort of a, a constant thing now where stores are leaving neighborhoods because of the rampant theft. You have Washington, D.C., you know, CVS doesn't even have products on the shelves anymore because they get stolen so much. They have pictures of the items that you're supposed to flag down a CVS employee to get from the back because if they put anything out front, it gets stolen. And then right out front of the CVS, all of the stolen items from the CVS are being sold by some dude on the street who just sold them or just stole them. Literally, I mean, there's videos where it's the guy in a CVS, empty shelves, everything's been stolen. He goes out the door of the CVS and five feet from the door is a folding table set up with all of the items from CVS that are being sold by the thief who just stole them, uh, stole them from inside. So this is happening everywhere, everywhere where these leftist policies get into place, these completely misguided, I don't even know if they're misguided. Misguided means that like they're trying to improve things, but it's not working. They're not really trying to improve things. They're just on the side of the criminals. They it's just, not misguided manifest it's not misguided it's manifest it's manifest it, destiny <laughs> are they is that what they're doing they're manifesting their destiny i didn't realize so what does this look like what is the what is the outcome of making shoplifting legal well it means that the average non-criminal citizen has to be treated like a criminal this is a video from a supermarket in oregon crime is so out of control in Oregon, the shoplifting is so rampant that if stores want to be able to stay in the neighborhood, they have to implement extreme surveillance to even operate. So this is what it looks like going into a supermarket in Oregon. This is a response to the fact that the lawmakers and the Justice Department has refused to punish shoplifters. Ever. So here's what it looks like going into a, a supermarket in Oregon. Please look at camera for entry. 
and the title is A Dictatorship Begets a Controlled Society. Oh, stand on his shoes? <laughs> oh, and then she gets Please the green. Please present ID to Please. enter grocery store. Please present Mark of the Beast to purchase food. So yeah, in case you're a radio listener, what, what we just saw was a big camera right above the door and a sign says, please look at the camera for entry. And you have to stand in a certain spot and look up at the camera so it can capture your face. And then the red light turns green and the doors open and you're allowed to go in. Because this is what happens, because this is the inevitable consequence. You either lock up your criminals or your whole society becomes a prison. You either treat the criminals like criminals or you have to treat the entire population like criminals. And this is just the beginning, and it'll expand, and we've seen the way that China's made their 15-minute cities. We are not very far from just living like mice in a mage, just constantly surrounded by fences where you have to get permission to travel anywhere. You have to give over your biometric ID just to purchase foodstuffs and you have to live like a prisoner in your own society because the police can't be bothered to lock up people actually committing crimes we have not had this many of our best-selling products back in stock in years because of supply chain breakdowns and all the rest of the stuff that's going on and these are game-changing products it's like our information's game-changing these products are incredible and i'm personally glad that these are now back in stock all three of the InfoWars Platinum flagship products that have been sold out for months are now back in stock, but a very limited run because we only had a budget to get three or 4,000 bottles of each one of these. I think we got 4,000 bottles of the HGH Max Boost that people love so much. We've got about 4,000 bottles of 1776 Testosterone Boost that just came in. And we've got about 3,000 bottles of Pain MD, incredible natural pain reliever situation all three of these are back in stock and they're incredible and they fund our operation at infowarstore.com